Welcome to Just Hit Record, where we talk about the life and lives of the ever-growing community of immigrants. Join us as we rant about what it's like to live the reality of the Western world through the eyes of your hosts, Pranay and Sandeep. Hello everyone, welcome back to Just Should Record. I'm your host Pranay and I'm joined by Sandeep. In today's nugget, we'll talk about housing, how to prepare for it, what to be aware of, and what might be potential challenges in finding the right housing for you. Sandeep, do you want to just tell us about your personal experience when it came to looking for housing, you know, when you came to the United States? Well, I know for a fact that you and I had very different experiences and we kind of, uh, our strategies were complete opposite. Mine, of course, um, me being the anxious sort of guy, I actually booked the entire apartment from home. Um, there were all these um, Facebook groups online where a lot of the people who were going to those particular colleges, they would talk to their seniors and the seniors would kind of book it for them. I wanted to be one step ahead. I did not trust anyone. And I just went online, looked up what the areas were, uh, found one, booked it. I mean, by booking, I mean, I didn't sign a lease. I just gave them uh, sort of a deposit. And uh, it was a three-bedroom, two-bath. So quite big. And um, that was it. So, I mean, when I landed in the U.S., the good thing about it was I did have a place to stay. Because, I mean, there... When you first land in the U.S., there's a lot going on, right? Especially if you're not very well-traveled. You're trying to figure out the people around you. You're trying to figure out your way. Um, it's a bit of a shock. And over that, if you don't have a place, figure out where you're going to live. It's just added stress, and I just didn't want to deal with that. Uh, the bad thing, though, is you never know what you're kind of getting. Sure, online, you can see at all the pictures and stuff, Um and one of the things was when I booked my apartment, um, I had only one other guy who had sort of agreed to move in with me. So this is all over the internet. I've I've never met this person. He seemed nice. He didn't seem too creepy or shady. I was like, all right, you know what? We'll be roommates. Who cares? But I think a month before we were supposed to fly in, uh, the dude canceled. So. And you had a... Did you have any backup plans in terms of roommates or what was, were you, you had still signed this agreement to move into this apartment, right? Yeah, I did. Um, but I was like, you know what, there's going to be a shortage. I figured there'd be a shortage because everywhere I looked, all the apartments were booked. So I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll go there and uh, I'll find a roommate. And worst come scenario is that I'll lose my deposit. I hadn't signed a lease, so... In some sense, I was kind of safe. Right. Because the deposit was, do you remember approximately how how much the deposit might have been? I think I had paid like, um, it was the first month's rent, so it was like 1100 bucks. 1100 US dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's That's not a small amount, especially when you're coming in initially and you're converting those dollars to your home currency so you understand exactly how much it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, Most definitely. So you definitely had a rocky start to your uh, housing hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, my first entire year was a bit of a disaster. I mean, we can talk about it, but I'm curious what your approach was, because I know for a fact that yours was the complete opposite, right? In many ways, it was a stark contrast to what you did, because I didn't want to risk signing a deposit, signing up for a deposit or any sort of lease before actually seeing the property myself. And uh, that meant hoping against hope that when I show up on campus or anywhere near the campus in the neighboring uh, and the neighborhoods around the campus that I would be able to find housing uh, that was still available. But what I did do is I did, like you, look for a roommate online. And uh, when when I say online, those days, this is back in 2013, the, the go-to was you go on Facebook and there were plenty of groups that were specific to your uh, your university or yeah. that that town that you were going to. And uh, and you would post over there, putting in your requirements for, you know, whether you're looking to move into a two-bedroom apartment, whether you wanted to share a room with someone. And uh, accordingly, people would respond to your, your ads. And likewise, you could respond to someone else's uh, posting on these, on these social media platforms. So a couple of months into doing that, and mind you, this is all uh, this is all pushed forward by uh, accelerated almost right after you get your I twenty. So the I twenty is the official confirmation that you that get you're gonna from, go, yeah, right from your university saying that we've officially given you admission here. You use this I twenty document to go to immigration services and get yourself a student visa. So as soon as you get that, you know that okay, if you've decided to go forward to this university you now need to start looking for housing and make arrangements to actually be in that city. And there's not that much time between you getting the I-20 and your actual joining date or beginning of classes. So that being said, I started posting online. I responded to people's posts. I found a couple of people actually that had signed up initially to to move in with me or agreed to go, go into Buffalo, New York and find an apartment with me. And for the first person that I contacted, I thought, like you, I thought I had a done deal. We we both enjoyed watching football. We both, uh, he was from Bombay. I knew plenty of people from Bombay. So he we had that to talk about. We had that in common. But apparently that didn't matter because he found out that one of his friends was moving, was also going to the same university. And he found Wonderful. out a month, <laughs> a month before we were supposed to move in together. And he pretty much, um, yeah, he backed out. And um, and as luck would have it, this happened to enough people where we found each other. So there were a bunch of people who last minute said that you know my plans fell through. Do you have? Are you look? Are you still looking for someone yeah. to move in with? And I found someone to uh, to share the room or uh, share an apartment with. And uh, we did the same thing. We basically I landed up in Buffalo uh, a week before classes started. So most of the apartments had been taken. We were fortunate enough to find one, and um, and it worked out. It not because this was the most the the most well thought out plan, but just because everything sort of fell into place. Um, and it doesn't. If you're someone who's anxious or is not comfortable with moving forward like this without a plan, this I would not recommend this route to to you. But having said that, 
when I hear your your experience of having made the plan and have that go to shit anyway, it's uh, I don't know if the, if there's really a right way or a wrong way to do this. Honestly, I don't think there is. Um, it it's more common for people to just figure out housing once they land there. It, it's really tough to uh, gauge where you're going to be and what you're going to do unless you're actually there physically in person. And I don't know if I regret doing it the way I did. Either way, I mean, whether you use my strategy or yours, uh, the one thing that people should know is that it's going to be a shit show. It is going to be tough because for everybody else, you know, they'll have their parents dropping them off. It's, it's, it's similar to how if you go for your undergrad if you happen to go for your undergrad in your own country, then you have your family dropping you off. It's much more comfortable. You kind of know what to do. Uh, but once you are from a different country and if North America, this is your first time in North America and living in North America, especially not just visiting, then you got to figure out a lot of things. And one of them is, you know, how to sign a lease. What is a lease? Um, you're probably not going to have a car. So location matters. Uh, there's, there's just a bunch of things. Uh, and of course, cost. I mean, that is something I think we should discuss uh, because, I mean, as a student, you you really are not making anything. And the best that you can do is go as low as possible. And that kind of unfortunately sometimes involves having roommates. Mm-hmm. In my case, um, I had a room roommate, which now that I think about it is so weird. But in my defense... I just left my undergrad, so I was kind of used to the dorm life, where you know you, you you had a roommate for four years. I mean, we were all friends, so we literally lived next to each other, and mm-hmm. so it was comfortable and it worked. But it it, it was a disaster in my first semester because there were th- three rooms, essentially six people, and I was told that's how people do it, that people just share a room, and it did not go over well. I can tell you that much. It absolutely did not. It reduced the cost quite a bit. I will say that. I mean, $1,100 divided by six, it's nothing for rent. But you have no peace of mind. I guess it also depends on your personality type. A lot of people, uh, the people who were living with me, they they had this communal sense. They liked living in a community. They Mm -hmm. didn't really care too much for personal space. They they enjoyed cooking together, uh, going grocery shopping together, exploring together. I, on the other hand, would come back from school and I just I just wanted to be alone for at least an hour. Yes, I noticed that as well with a lot of my uh, classmates or friends who had come in from other countries. They some people did. I'd say eighty percent of the people I knew actually enjoyed that sense of community where they were cooking together. They did their grocery shopping together and, you know, most expenses were split because it's a win-win for all of them. A lot of the times the basis for that community was either these people knew each other from uh, either they were alumni of the same college back in India or they happened to be from the same cities in India or wherever, whichever country they came from. And that was the basis for them knowing each other. I... I personally didn't know too... I was from a smaller town in India, so I didn't really know too many people from that city or that town coming into my school specifically. But let me tell you, the one time I did run into someone in Buffalo who was from my town, I flipped out because the odds of that happening were so slim that 
if I, I'm sure if I ran into him earlier, I would have asked him, you know, if we happened to be joining school at the same time, I might have asked him. Do Did you, you know him from before? I didn't. I actually met him uh, at my job in the library. He was also working there and I found out, you know, he was from India. And then I started asking where he was from in India. And the odds of him saying my city's name were so slim because people from my town, it's rare that you see them in Buffalo, New York. So uh, it was a fun surprise. But I get that sense of wanting to move towards what's familiar when you're living with people. Especially in the beginning, right? Especially in the beginning. But the problem is when the opposite of that happens, when it's people you don't know and your lifestyle or your uh, what you find uh, comfortable is just doesn't match with what they normally do. It it doesn't work out. It's it's the opposite because what you want at the end of the day when you've had a hard day's work or you've been to classes pretty much eight hours in the day is to come back to your space and have either if it's familiar people, you have company. So you sit and talk about your classes, you cook dinner together. That's option one. But option two for most of us is we just want our space to unwind. You might want to watch a show. You might want to cook your own dinner. And if there's four other people or five other people in that apartment that you're sharing. It's just almost and, impossible. And you don't get along. It's yeah. it's the worst. You're already stressed out from classes. And then you're coming back to this. I'd rather spend time in the library than, than, than actually yeah, my own host. Honestly, I want to clarify that it, when you're a student, and if you have your own room, it is a luxury for a lot of people, especially for people who are not Americans and they're kind of moving, coming in from another country, Bay India or wherever, because it is expensive. But if you are sometimes in a position where you can afford it, say you've gotten some sort of a scholarship or you've uh, gotten an assistantship or a part-time job and you can afford the rent for just your room, I think it's it's so worth it. I know a lot of people who actually would save that rent and they would rather go on trips during the vacation. But for me, it's like, no, where I come home every day is probably, it's priority to me, you know, that peace of mind. The other thing that, a lot of people do not consider when they're considering housing and you know they try to keep the costs low is they choose locations which are sort of far away from the campus uh, you can do that but if you don't have a car <laughs> best of luck and and by far i don't mean like you're 20 minutes away a mile can be a lot because then you're kind of dependent on the public transport which in some cities is amazing. Now, if you're in New York, I think you're sorted. I mean, you can go into any borough and you can commute every day because that's what everyone does to keep their rent low. But say if you're in smaller cities like upstate New York, or in my case, Louisiana, where public transport isn't exactly the best uh, and and there's a 40-minute gap between two buses, you might want to stay as close as possible to the university. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. I can speak for my experience in upstate New York where we had harsh winters. Oh, yeah. When I, when I say harsh winters, I mean, you know, you'd wake up in the morning and you'd see a couple of feet of snow and that was normal. Yeah. So if you've got that going on outside and you know that you've got a commute to get to school or get to your classes, that's just one more thing you have to worry about. 
And that's when you start factoring in, is it worth paying a little extra money to be closer to the campus? Because uh, we should also talk about you know, living off campus versus on campus. Yeah. Uh, just briefly to let people know that on campus housing is usually more popular with the undergrad crowd. So people who are in their undergraduate courses, they tend to be the ones living on campus. It's just convenient for them. A lot of them are much further away from home. As grad students, when we came in, there were limited options for on-campus housing. And uh, they were usually much more expensive than anything that was off-campus for the same space or for the same quality of housing, just for the convenient factor. And uh, so most people who actually arrive from out of state or especially from out of the country where you know where affordability or price matters you're going to be looking off campus for your housing and then it becomes a question of how far off campus are you willing to live and that's what sandeep was just discussing from his end as well as you know you do you want to you want to factor in the price and you probably will get a better price in terms of apartments or houses if they're much further away th- from the campus but is it worth it is that commute something you can handle or do you have a car? Are you going to rely on public transit in a small town? So these are things that you can actually factor in to the process of looking for your apartment. This is the research you can do beforehand that would uh, serve you well so that when you do show up and if you do decide to look for an apartment in the city as soon as you get here, you know which neighborhoods to check out, you know which ones to avoid, and you know what your radius is outside of the school campus that you're willing to go how far are you willing to move out? So I I personally think that that's something worth looking into, especially if you're looking at a school that's not in Chicago or New York or any major city major. that has yeah. that has good public transit. But do you remember what the the process was for signing a lease when you did commit to the the place that you moved into? Yeah, that was another disaster. Of course, coming from India, I had no idea what a credit score is. I had no idea what a lease is, and I had no idea that they were connected. So basically, a lease is nothing but a contract that you're signing, right? And anybody who's on the contract is legally responsible to pay the rent every month. So I was an idiot, and I just put only my name on it. Big mistake. Because what it essentially means is that even if your roommate's don't pay, the person who's going to get penalized is you because only your name is on the lease. So the one thing you definitely should do is it's fine if you sign the lease initially just by yourself, but once you find roommates, it is actually required that their name gets added onto the lease. Like, I'm not sure if it's illegal completely, but most corporate housing, they insist that if there is another person living in the house, then their name should be on the lease. And that's great for you as well, because, man, you're all kids and some kids manage money well, some are responsible, some are irresponsible. You don't want to be in a position where some kid hasn't paid the rent and the rest of you are stuck uh, covering his portion. Because that also happened to me in the in my uh, second semester where I had kicked out everybody else and I decided that I'm just going to have my room to myself and I'm going to lease out like the two other rooms to two other people. So one room per person. And this one kid, uh, he, we realized that he hadn't paid rent. So what we used to do is 
every month one person would pay the rent and we would just give him the money. When it was his turn, he apparently took the money from us, but he never paid the rent. Oh, God. And, oh, my God, it was such a disaster and nightmare. And I was you know, sweating my ass off because it's like what happens is if there is a missed payment, it gets recorded and it affects your credit score. Uh, the credit score system is a whole different scenario, and I think we can you know, talk about another nugget and why it's important. But basically, you do not want a missed payment because that really affects your credit score. Your credit score is required for getting a credit card, for future housing, even for jobs, for getting a car. I mean, it's insane how that one score affects the entirety of your life. It's ridiculous. And it's very hard to repair a bad credit score. So you really want to be aware of it. So whenever you do go into some sort of a housing, just make sure that if you're sharing it with someone, everyone's name should be on the lease so that you're mutually responsible for that. The other thing that I do want to mention about lease is that Usually when you have uh, housing that's closer to campus, they understand that most students are there semester to semester. So conventionally across the U.S., uh, the, the leases are for a year. It's usually for 24 months. Uh, sorry, 12 months. But when you're closer to universities, they, the, it's quite possible that much of those corporate housing, they'll offer a six-month lease. And if you have the option, always sign for that, especially when you're new, because if you're new and, you've, and you don't know the person, and even if you do know the person, living with the person is very different from knowing a person. A six-month lease means that you only have to survive that torture for six months, and you can move out and get a new roommate. But if you sign for a year, oh man, that's, that's just a disaster. So there are lots of benefits to staying closer to campus. Uh, the cost might be a bit more, but in retrospect, you get a six-month lease. You can experiment with your roommates, like whether you like them or not. If not, you move out. And of course, just commute is easier. Yeah, that's a very good point that being able to walk out or you know at least know that you're not trapped or yeah. locked into an agreement and being responsible for it. Because another thing that happened actually with me was we had so we were in an apartment that had three separate bedrooms and uh so there were three of us that were living there i knew one of the people and the third person we didn't know as well he was just further along so he was i think a year ahead of us in the in the system and he was about to graduate and when he was done he was done you know he technically wanted to leave and that was well within his rights he left and he found a sublet for his room. So yeah. the issue was the person that he found as a replacement just yeah. didn't get along with any of us. And uh, we didn't have much of a say in it. You know, that was the other thing. So we were sort of stuck with this person just because, you know, the guy that we did get along with left and he found a replacement because he needed someone to pay the rent you know, while he was not living there. So that's another thing to just keep in mind is, you know, if you have short term leases, you have the ability to leave or to at least look for options and know that there's a way out versus if you're locked in for a year, you might have, you know, multiple different roommates during the year just because people leave. And that's that's going to happen in college. People are not there for the long term. 
Yeah, and just to clarify, so if you say if you have signed a lease for six months or a year, uh, it is some apartments do let you sublease. What that basically means is that you'll have to find somebody on your own time to who's ready to take over the contract from you. Not all apartment housings allow that, but a lot of them that I lived in did. So you, that's what a sublet is. The other way of uh, going about it is if you really need to leave, is then they make you pay a penalty. The penalty is usually, it could be anywhere between two to three months of rent. And, you know, that's a lot when you're a student. So just keep these things in mind. It's, you know, once you sign a lease, you, you are in a binding contract. And yes, you can get out of it, but there are certain consequences to it. Subleasing is not a bad option, um, especially if you're closer to campus and it's usually easier to sublease. But then again, like you mentioned, if you're on the other side of things, the flip part is that if your roommate subleases it to some new guy that you don't like, that's a luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're stuck. Yeah. And that's uh, that segues nicely into the other thing I wanted to talk about, which was when it comes to roommates or people that you're going to be living with in the same apartment, looking at you know the the broad diverse group of people that are going to be in your campus and and one you could move towards what's familiar so if you're from a certain country if you're from some part of the country and you see that you know you have similarities with this person or these people you might think that they'd make good roommates versus you know it could be people that you meet in classes it could be people that you have you know, you go to the gym with or you just hang out with in general, you just met these people on campus. Finding people to move in with is a tricky, it's a trip, tricky topic to uh, to negotiate as someone who's coming in from a totally different culture. So I don't know if you had any instances or any, you know, words of wisdom, Sandeep, when it came to your experiences with dealing oh. with this. In my first year, I had approximately nine different roommates. Wow. It was <laughs> in a one nightmare. Year? <laughs> in one year. There's a revolving door of roommates right there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned, my first semester, my first semester, I had only my name on the lease. And then I found people who moved in. But because they weren't on the lease, they had no commitment to stay. And this was a huge community of people. So I would wake up one morning and this guy would be gone. And there's a new guy. I'm like, who are you? And he'd be like, well, the guy who was living here just moved into the other apartment. So now I'm taking his place. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it, 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 it was ridiculous. And I was just done with it by the end of um, my first semester. And then the semester after that, I rented out the two other rooms to... Um, an Iranian guy and a guy from Nigeria. Eventually, the Iranian guy left, and in his place, um, two guys came in who were very nice. I have to say, I mean, yeah, there were two in one room, but they were like the nicest people, and they're still friends of mine. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot. And by then, I had started to make friends in my class. Mind you, I had gone in for oil and gas, so obviously there are not too many Indians. Most of it is, you know, from countries that are oil rich, which made sense because if you want to find a job back home, you've got to, you know, graduate in something that is of an industry back home. So oil 
being what I chose, there were a lot of people from Colombia and the Middle East. And of course, my undergrad was filled with 95% Americans. Actually, I would say 99% Americans. I think there were like three people who were from abroad. But um, so they became my friends. Um, a lot of the Colombian, South American people and who are to date my family and my best friends. Uh, and they were living in this campus, which was uh, they were living in this housing which is closer to campus. They all lived in like that same building and they're like, man, you should just move. By then, I had also gotten, I had secured an assistantship. So financially, I was a bit more secure. I was like, you know what? Sure. So I moved in and of course, uh, they were not from India. But I will say, after my first year, the next two years that I was there were the most fun and rewarding time of my life. I grew so much personally because it's it's one thing to be friends with someone. It's another thing to actually live with someone. Mm -hmm. And it just opens your mind up to so many possibilities, you know. Uh, for me personally, I think um, I am more of a docile and um, secure and I always like to play things safe, whereas the people I live with their culture was more about taking chances and risking it. Of course, you can't, it's a calculated risk, but, but they were hustlers and go-getters. And I think that really affected sort of the person who I am today. Uh, I say this, I mean, a lot of who I am, my confidence or whatever comes from my friends. So who you live with, because you're away from home. You don't have any family. The only sh silver lining in that is that everybody there is away from their family. And it's probably the easiest point to make friends, no matter what country you're from, because everybody's in the same boat. If they're all international, they're all trying to figure out this new culture that they're in. They're all trying to pass classes. They're all trying to get that internship. And so it's much easier to bond. Whereas, say, if you just move there for a job, it's harder to make friends. So for me, I would say that choose not just your friends, but even your roommates, choose people that you vibe with. Doesn't matter if what their religion, background, whatever it is. Yeah, um, I, I can definitely vouch for your personal change or the growth that you experienced because I did come and visit you when you were in, um, in Louisiana. Yeah. And I know you from way back first year of undergrad back in you know the 2008 oh, no, i know where this is going <laughs> and no, it's, it's, this a, is going. it's it's all good things i have to say just like it was very nice to see you being that comfortable in in a new city and you showed me around and it was it was a different experience than what i thought it was going to be because when i came in i'm like sandeep you said that okay my friends are here we're gonna have a good time i'm like okay let's see what that looks like I honestly didn't know what to expect and I show up there and it is, and mind you, we, we came to New Orleans around Mardi Gras. So it was party yeah. time and, and we were ready to party, but I didn't know that that was exactly what I was going to get because we went all out and it was crazy. Oh, yeah. It was fun. So it was nice to see you in a, in a setting that you were comfortable in with people that you were comfortable with and people that you didn't know a year before that i don't think i think you had yeah. just gotten to know them so it's and again that was your choice your choice of moving outside of your comfort zone and 
and hanging out with people that you wouldn't otherwise run into in your hometown or in your home country. So I, I, I'm definitely, I was happy to see that you were comfortable and you do that and that you managed to make these friends. Uh, my experience was a little different in, in that I didn't necessarily live with the people that I was closest to in my, in my college experience in the, in the States. I, most of my roommates, actually all my roommates that I had in, in my grad school uh, experience, they were all from, from India. And I actually spent more time outside my apartment than I did just, you know, hanging out with people in my apartment. Yeah. Even the, the people I got along with, you know, that I, I stayed with one roommate that I really got along with. Even the two of us, we actually had more fun just going out and trying new things and going to different cultural events and, you know, checking out the the parties that were happening around. But um, so I, I think housing is a good thing to come back to, like just full circle. It's nice to know that you have a comfortable bed to sleep in when you when you're done with your partying outside. Oh yeah, and absolutely. So even if you look at housing from that perspective, if you are you know you're coming to a different country, yes, you've got your studies and you've got your tests that you have to pass and get a job and all that after that. But while you're here, you're here to have fun. You're here to make friends. At the end of the night, when you're done with your partying, you kind of want to go back and be comfortable in your own space. That space could be a place that's, you know, in a place that is surrounded by friends, or it could be just by yourself. You have to make that decision early on and uh, do what's right for you. There is no one choice that works. Sandeep did it differently. I did it differently. We're both relatively happy with our personal experiences in college. And um, it definitely does affect the college experience. So with that, uh, we can close out this nugget. And uh, for all our listeners, you can reach us uh, on Twitter at JHR Podcasts. That's Just Hit Records, JHR Podcasts. And send us any questions you might have or any topics that you think might be worth discussing here. Absolutely. For now, from Sandeep and myself, we'll catch you next time on another episode of Just Hit Records.